On this episode of the Real Life Caddy Podcast, I'm joined by Man Bun and Mike Zabo. We kick things off with Caddy Stories. Zabo explains how he met one of the strangest golfers he's ever encountered, and Brandon tells us all about his recent trip to Las Vegas, where he played some world-class golf courses and claims to have impressed some women with his dance moves. We then go on to talk about our own golf game. This can at times be a pretty brutal subject. However, as always, we make it a little more entertaining by constructing the section around listener mailbag questions. We end the episode with notable mentions and wrap things up in well under an hour. If you have any questions, opinions or comments, please send them in on social media or via email, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. Please also check out the Glorified Donkey online store, as with Christmas fast approaching, we have plenty of hats and t-shirts available. In the meantime though, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 81 of the Real Life Carry Podcast. It's called Caddy's Talk, but can you walk the walk? Mm-hmm. And when myself and Zabo were coming up with a name for this, we got in a bit of a pickle, didn't we? We were we did. We walkie, figured walkie, it out. Yeah, talk talkie, the talkie. talk, walk the walk. What is it? Walkie talkie, yeah. talkie walkie. <laughs> Do you walk the talk or talk the walk? Couldn't, couldn't work <laughs> it out. But eventually, after some trial and error, that's what we came up with. It's uh, going to be an episode where we'll a little shorter than normal, and we're going to be cracking on with our caddy stories. But the second half is going to be. I, I saved all of the questions that people ask us about our own game. Now, let's be honest, uh, no one cares about your golf game apart from you. Agreed. Uh, however, uh, there are some people out there who want to know, you know, some good questions there. So we'll, we'll crack on with that. We're also with uh, Wee Brandon. He's back from Vegas. How are you, sir? I am back. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, back to work. Uh, I had a wonderful trip, played some golf. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. As good as a trip. Uh, to Vegas as possible, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so the listener knows, or the listeners know, we just spent the last ten minutes arguing about how long it should have taken Brandon to get from work. To yeah, he literally, he work. literally said, "I'm on the seventeenth fairway." I was like an hour. And we a half live ago. in a family com- <laughs> community where there's lots of children, lots of uh-huh. hot moms walking around. He's he's literally ten minutes away from here, and he's like, "I'm on seventeenth fairway." This is like an hour and a half ago, and then we're we're talking like. I don't know, 45 minutes ago, we're like, where's Brandon? And Brandon's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah. dude, you should have been done a long time ago. <laughs> it was kind of funny. You did say, oh, yeah, that was over an hour ago. Oh, But uh, anyway, you're here. How was your day today? Fun? It was fun. It wasn't as fun as the last four days, which were awesome. And I can talk about that later. But today was a little bit of a handful. It was two handfuls. It was oh, two yeah. <laughs> couples that... W- one did not take a caddy. Oh no! And so it was. I was the only caddy in the group, and I was caddying for um, uh, uh what was it? Um, Josh and Jackie, uh, from the East Bay, and um, the two Jays, J yep, and J. Yeah. They were great. We just started playing golf. This is our oh. tenth round. Oh, tenth round ever. Tenth we round we'd ever. We take on Spyglass. <laughs> tenth round ever. That's what you want to hear in the first tee. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah. And I was their first caddy ever. They wow. had never taken a caddy before. I said, well, guess what? I said, said, you won the lotto. I'm not going to honk my own horn, but (laughs) you won the lotto today. 
You should have been honking that horn the way home. I feel home bad from, for every caddy experience after this because it's not going to live up to it. What did the other couple do? Were they just hitting you up for info all day? No, they weren't. But I, I had to, I had to assist them because they had no idea where their ball was at any given time. Mm-hmm. Nice people. I didn't mind helping them out. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about Vegas. Vegas. Uh, well. Um, you know, I went there to go see my favorite band fish and, you know, they've played quite a few times over the last seven years or so at the uh, MGM grand, uh, for the Halloween weekend, they play four nights in a row and I went to all four and I, wow. I actually went to the show before that as well. The, on Tuesday, uh, in, in Santa Barbara. So I took a little solo road trip and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, sometimes if you, if you got to do the things you want to do, sometimes you just got to do them by your I damn mean, self. If, if, if you listen to this podcast, all you think this guy does is go to concerts. Every time we talk to him, he's going to a different concert. Was Humphreys McGee there playing too? Humphreys <laughs> McGee was not there. I wish they were. I would have went to the after show. So well, you, you go to five in a row? Five concerts in a row? Yeah. I mean, every <laughs> show is different, but it's it's more about the, the life experience and the people. I mean... It, I mean, I, I could see outside in, like, why would you go see the, that? So you sound like my mother. Why would you go see the same band? Uh, you know, I've seen them probably, I think my last show was the 56th or maybe 58th show. Hey. I've were, seen Fish. Yeah. And then, um, but I, it's, it's like uh, you're living your best life when you're there. You're having a good time. You're riding the wave. You're meeting people every five seconds. And it's just, it's my type of environment. I thrive in it. I tell you what, your mom sounds like a very smart woman. She actually. does, yeah. Sounds I'd like, like to meet me. her. <laughs> I don't think I've been to more than five concerts in my life. I was going to say, he's at 56. I'm like, I don't think I've been to 56 concerts in my life. Are you a concert guy? I was, you know. I was more of a rap guy myself. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but to, to, to talk further on that, I, I started my trip uh, by playing the Summit which is uh, where they played the CJ Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, I had an in there. um, It's none of your business how I got on there, but uh, (laughs) I I know a guy, the guy that happens to own the place. But... and it was it was very nice. I just sent a brief email, and he said, not a problem. Wow. And uh, I got a caddy, and um, it was great. We played by ourselves. Um, I wound up shooting 81 from the uh, the the men's tees par 72 course. Uh, what a spectacular place! I'm yeah. a big fan of uh, Discovery Land property uh, uh, golf courses. Yeah. They just do it right, and it's really cool. It's Tom Fazio design. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a. Gr- it was such a great, great, great experience, and um, I made a couple f- fabulous putts. I actually shanked two balls, which was out of, very out of the ordinary, which was quite weird. Zabo was passed on the button. Yeah, for the I most feel part, your pain. I feel for the your most pain. part, it was actually a long bunker shot. Uh-huh. I shanked two of them identically, but then I was like, oh boy. "We're gonna guys like you're gonna take the drop over here on the lateral." I said, "Okay." How was your caddy? Did you tip him fat? I actually I gave him two hundred bucks on the first hole, and I said, "Wow, uh, really? here you go." Yeah, really, straight up, Whoa, straight wow. up. Two crispy hundreds. I said, here you go, bud. This is for you. Thanks for having me out here. Was he worth it? Was he any good? He was okay. He, he was a, a good caddy, nice guy. He put me on the wrong side of the hole a couple times against my intuition, which mm-hmm. I trusted him. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I wound up saving it. I think I bogeyed one of them three putt, but you know, no big deal. Okay. Um, and then 
two days later, I played the wind golf course. Uh-huh. Had a caddy there. His name was uh, what was it? Larry the Looper, a retired Larry Looper. <laughs> uh, I said, "Oh, I think Sounds I know like that bird. guy." <laughs> he was a, he's a retired Santa Barbara cop. Who lives in you know uh, Las Vegas with his wife and uh, Larry the Looper. He was a really nice guy, and he also put me on the wrong side of the hole a couple <laughs> times in the first four holes, and I said. Okay, it's it's all good. And I tipped Larry the Looper since it was a four caddy for four. Mm-hmm. And th- the other three guys were way more well off than I am. I'm just a measly caddy, uh-huh. uh, you know, a thousand air. And I-, I gave Larry 70 bucks on the putting green. I said, Larry, yeah. this is for you, bud. Thanks. No wonder you got so many bad reads. He's like, Shh, I don't need to do anything for this guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it's funny when uh, say, was he good? He said, it was a really nice guy. Was yeah. like, well, she, yeah. she good looking? Oh, hey, she's, she's a really nice yeah. soul. I'll, I'll, I'll end off. I won't good talk too much about Vegas, but I'll say that I, I texted my buddies. I said, if I, fi- if I found out two things on my trip to Vegas, it's that I'm a fabulous dancer. <laughs> <laughs> And just ask him, he'll tell you. And I am really, really, really good at what I do, and I take pride in it. And I'm not honking my horn, I'm just saying, that sounds like I don't know. You know, some people just got it, and some people just try real hard. That's brilliant. Chip, the dancing caddy, dancing. He's uh, yeah, he's a legend in his own mind. What were you, Zabo? You're a workaholic. What's been going on? Been working a lot. You know, it's funny. The 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 last podcast we talked about maybe doing a podcast on weird loops that mm-hmm. we had, and I I had probably the weirdest dude I have ever met in my life. This was absolutely classic. I wasn't even caddying for him, but we're uh, we're very late at the big course, so it's after the last guaranteed to finish time, which is, as yeah. you know gets a lot of you know different sorts of people not staying at the the property and all that. Yeah. So. I'm doing a single for this guy, Mike Dietz, who's actually good friends with uh, Mark Perry, who we both caddy for from Arkansas. Yep. And the, you know, we introduce ourselves to everybody in the group. So I'm meeting everybody in the group and this guy's by himself in a cart and then go, Hey, I'm Mike. I'll be, uh, I'll be caddying for, uh, for Mike Dietz over here today. And he goes, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Derek, you know, whatever his last name was. And I was like, wow, that's how you're going to come at me. You're a doctor. Don't you're going to be a doctor. So when any time anybody ever does that, you know right off the bat they're not a medical doctor. There's no medical doctor. <laughs> Definitely a dentist. Yes. Yeah or, yeah, or a dentist or something like that. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to be classic. So, so we're off and hitting the first hole. We get up by the green. And uh, Derek asked me, he says, hey. He goes, hey, Mr. Caddy, Mr. Caddy. And I, as I always do when somebody calls me Caddy, I go, yes, Mr. Golfer, how can I help you? And he goes, uh, he's not passive aggressive. Yeah, no. I mean, come on, dude, Mr. Yeah. Caddy, Mr. Mr. Caddy. Like you just met me. I told you my name was Mike. You know my name, but apparently, it didn't ring a bell. With him. Anyway, so he's like, uh, Mr. Caddy, I, I was wondering. Uh, I want to do some walking today. I was wondering if you might drive my my golf cart for me. I said, Well, Doctor. I said, I'm actually caddying for this gentleman <laughs> yeah. over here, so I'm going to be helping him a lot. So no. Penny, which was my guy's wife, said, You know what? I'll drive your cart for you. That that's fine. I'll drive your cart. And he said. She's driving this guy's cart for him. I'm like, wow. She wanted to ride with her husband, enjoy yeah. Pebble Beach, have me caddy for him. Now she's driving this guy's cart. So he, he finishes the first hole and he says, Penny, Penny, score <laughs> on the scorecard. And she goes, she goes, what? She goes, oh, I want you to keep score. Wow. And she goes, well, there's HTH and there's P- PGA here. And she goes, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, God, this is, I can't wait to hear this. And he goes, well, HT, HTH means hit till I was happy. Hit till happy. So he writes his score down. Up Kook. until the point he was happy. And then I go, okay, so you got to tell me, what's PGA? 
well, PGA is my official score because we got to count it until it goes in the hole. Oh, I'm wow. like, oh, this is great. So he had he had a six on the first hole for his HDH and his PGA was eight. Uh-huh. Second hole, he goes, he goes, Penny, Penny, goes, <laughs> seven and seven for my HDH and also seven for PGA. And I'm like, oh, wow. So he's happy with his, his double and his. So we get, I'm like, I got to know this guy's deal. Like, what kind of doctor is he? What, what's he doing? I said, so Darren, uh, uh, what kind of, what, or Derek, I said, what kind of doctor are you? And he goes, well, well, you know, I write books. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a PhD. I go, oh, okay. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so he goes, yeah, I have a new book coming out. It's called The uh, CEO of Yourself. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, could you explain a little bit about it to me? He goes, well, he goes, you know, there's, and, and Mark, Mike, the guy I'm catting for is sitting right here for this guy. I'm Josh and Mike. I'm like, we got to find out what this guy's deal is. He's like, well, you know, there's 8 billion people in the world. Like, okay, I'm following you. There's 8 billion people. He goes, we're all the, we're all the CEO of ourselves. I'm like, okay. So we're, he's like, you're all in charge of yourselves. And he's like, you know how there's like equations for everything, like golf, for instance, you hole out, it's a specific number of shots. There, there's, there's a mathematical equation for everything. And he's like, are you following me? And I'm nodding my head. I'm like, no, I'm not following you. Not yet, I don't not know what you're And he goes, and that means God is with us and around us. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's a God book. And it just got weirder from there. It was, it was the most bizarre day I've ever seen. So to cap it all off, the exit for this guy, we're on the 15th hole. He goes, claps his hands like, all right, guys, let's get a quick picture. I'm like, all right, this is kind of an odd time to get a quick picture. And he's like, so I'm getting a picture of the whole group, the people he played with, and he's handing out his card to everyone. And he's like, I'll see you guys later. Have a good day. I'm done. So you're not going to see the, see the last three holes? He goes, nope, I've had enough fun today. I'm done. See you later. Gone. See you later. I mean, it was the most bizarre man I've ever we seen. 15, the most photographed <laughs> hole on the golf course. We, uh, not. <laughs> we, we meet some really weird people. Did you ever know the caddy? Who had a business card, and it said, uh, "What was it? Let me get this right." He called himself the CEO of himself. Oh, did he? Maybe he was friends with this dude. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Maybe he read his book. He said, "It's <laughs> coming uh, out soon." It was full full time artist, part time caddy, and he was the CEO. And I was like, so you're the CEO of yourself? Like, <laughs> He's the boss. You're the boss of yourself. A, that's a page right out of this guy's book. And then he says, oh, it was my dad. He got them printed for me. So Genius. We, uh, I, had a, I had a couple. I know. How, how are you enjoying couples? Do you like caddying for couples? Uh, I mean, no, n- not really. No, I, I, had a, I had a couple. I, mean, I don't mind it, but I'd prefer, <laughs> I'd prefer two dudes from uh, Texas, New York, Anywhere really, yeah. Who are want to get drunk and yeah, have fun, ride on the cart. And, I just don't like part part of the reason I don't I don't like going in two different tees. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. I had a lady who was pulling her own trolley, and I was like, oh, perfect. You, you, you gonna pull the trolley? And she went, I did it yesterday. I went, oh, lovely. And you're okay. caddying for? Yeah, no, so nice. I'm, I'm just carrying the husband's bag, and I'm thinking, well, perfect. That's it. We're now done because I'm not. I'm not. I see a lot of caddies out there right now who are pulling trolleys, yeah, uh, pushing trolleys. I, I, they're awful. Yeah, it's um, a bad look. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't care. Do what you want to do. I just know that with the type of trolleys that they're using, they're two wheels. You need the three wheelers because you're constantly having to engage. You know, the body's you're pushing it down and pulling it or pushing it. I don't know. Yeah, we get to number eleven. She was like, "Honey." Can you, can, you, can you push this? <laughs> I can't go up the hill. Now I'm thinking to myself, well, part of me is thinking, well, I'm the caddy. I should really be doing this. But then I thought, no, I'd, I'd rather carry it. I'm not pull. I'm not pushing yeah, it. Yeah, take and it you, off. You had your opportunity in the first hole. It's true. 
And that led to about six, seven holes of passive aggression towards me. Oh, really? Yeah, Maybe the no. cold shoulder oh, after yeah. that. Oh. Uh, but to, to be honest with you, I've played more golf than I have actually caddying in the last week or two. Well, why is that? Hey, you just couldn't be bothered caddying. It's like we said in the last episode, it's getting towards the end of the year. It's been, yeah. it's been a long two years, really. Because, it's true, yeah. Um, I would usually take a couple of months off in the winter and didn't have that last year. Oh, so that's true. Yeah. It's been, it's been full on. Just playing through. Yeah, I carried for a couple of nice guys actually. Brandon was with me, uh, Mark and Matt Corenberg. I kept on giving these boys the wrong, uh, the wrong putters. Nice. And yeah. I, did, I have, I've actually had. Yeah, at least see. you didn't break it on the light in the tunnel at Spanish <laughs> Bay. <laughs> didn't, I didn't, <laughs> didn't, I haven't broken one for a while. But uh, it's great having guys that listen to the podcast. It is. I realize yeah. that it's. We've mentioned it before, but these boys, the best behavior. They can't do enough for you. Yeah, yeah. To the point where you're just going, oh, yeah, I maybe, I maybe should. One yeah, starts not... carrying his own bag at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They know we don't want to work, I mean. Oh, it's great. <laughs> but they, it's it's even better when they know what kind of gets, uh, gets us off. So they're listening yeah, for things yeah. that are said by the Guessing other Guessing at how we're interpreting the situation. Yeah. They don't want to be just another story, or they do, but they don't want to be that story, that bad story. Well, Matt came up to me in the first tee, and he said, listen, um, I don't want to be the bell end of the week. So, if <laughs> Can we give it to him <laughs> just, just because? I think your doctor probably gets the yeah, bell end true. of the week. Yeah. Uh, penny, oh, Penny, can you, can you believe that? Like the <laughs> HDH, my hit to happy was seven, also oh. seven on the PGA. PGA, get but out he, of here. He actually said, if there's anything I do, he said, it's not deliberate. He said, so just tell me what it is and I'll stop doing it because I, I, I don't want to piss you off. I was like, dude, don't <laughs> worry about it. Straight away, you know, it's really hard to get a bell into the week. It's really hard to piss us off. But yeah, Not um, as hard as you think, but yeah. I did another podcast um, with Josh Waldron as well. I gave a little five-minute caddy Yeah, corner. I listened to that. Well, th- this is the next episode. And he's asked me every couple of weeks to give a caddy's interpretation. So he had someone on talking about turf. A, you know, turf mm-hmm. expert. Mm-hmm. So did a little five minute piece on divots. So didn't nice. I didn't think I'd be able to get five minutes out of talking about divots, but <laughs> you know, with you talking, the sky's the limit with you talking, Gordon. You can get five minutes out of anything. I you know what, <laughs> remember right? when we were in the caddy tent, when we were uh, you know loitering in the caddy tent getting free food. Um, what's his name? Peter Jacobson comes in and I was just, I was kind of, I was feeling really good that day and I was just hollering at anybody. <laughs> and I was like, As I was like, do. Peter. So I had, I had just had my fur, the, yeah, long story short, one of the caddies didn't show up because of a miscommunication. Then I wound up carrying a double for, you know, the guy that I was supposed to be caddying for and the guy whose caddy didn't show up. And the guy whose caddy didn't show up took the biggest freaking divots mm-hmm. ever i'm talking you know 12 13 inch five, five inch <laughs> wide divots beaver pills and so. i said yeah. this is fresh after that round i said peter peter <laughs> i said i said have you ever seen somebody take a divot on every single club wedge to freaking you know to, yeah. to hybrid mm-hmm. that was this freaking long and i put my hands up and and then he told me about divots and about there was this guy on the tour who used to just take divots on the range and and study them. Oh jeez. He would take oh. fat divots and Yeah. Oh Peter Jacobson bleak. told me a story. You got a new bell end of the week. Oh yeah. dear. How bleak. How bleak wow. is that? Studying divots. I always love going to those tour 
those events and you see the professionals and you see the divots that they are kind of there's a system in place working yeah. the patch yeah, yeah and then, yeah, then yeah. you go to the pro-am and you get johnny hack <laughs> and all of a sudden there's just divots of yeah, different every which way depth left right yeah, center yeah, yeah. oh there's absolutely no organization whatsoever it's uh, it's one of my favorite parts about pro-ams so anything else to add boys um sure i mean oh i caddied for for, um yeah two quick stories i guess um bobby manley from manley electric in um somewhere in massachusetts metropolitan boston area really really nice guys uh bobby brought um uh gosh what were all their names i don't remember but really nice guys and these guys were so stoked to be playing uh they played spyglass hill and i found them at spyglass and then you know before the end of the first time we were talking about tomorrow at pebble beach and these guys were so stoked and they were like super like boss and they were like yo we're playing pebble beach (laughs) and they were like smoking weed and drinking beer and i think there were some prescription medications that were being overused (laughs) but for the most part they had it together and and i just had so much fun with these guys and it was so refreshing to be with um, a group who could play decent golf i mean of course they hit a couple shitty shots that were quite surprising but for the most part you know for being you know 15 handicappers or whatever like they were like really playing a serious, serious game, and they were having fun, and I was a big part of it. And, uh, you know, it, the one guy, fucking, he was like, Mangya, Mangya, Mangya. Every time he'd hit a bad shot, it was Mangya, Mama, man, man. <laughs> What does that mean? he got so drunk, he was, doing the, the, he was doing the half step. Like, he wasn't even taking his feet off the ground, and he was like, <laughs> you know, one normal step was divided into two half steps. <laughs> And he was he was a wind pant he was wearing wind pants like he was a wind pants kind of guy like he was just kind of shuffling around. You should have showed him your dancing. Oh, uh, he didn't know he was manga. that good of a dancer at the time. If I would have shown him his dancing, he was that manga. What does that mean? I don't know. Is that is that, you're saying it in an Italian accent? Is it something Italian? Yeah, like people say manga, mamma mia. Like it actually manga means to urinate. <laughs> In 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 uh, maybe the guy just really had to dig up his in Italian, and so it's like a slang term used to like. Is that like his Italian Boston wicked pissa? He's like mangia, mangia, shitty shot, ah, mangia. That's probably was wearing rain trousers. Oh yeah, there you go. Keep it in. Could be something. Do that. Right. Um, We're gonna move on, boys, because we got a bunch of questions here. And I want to keep this one a little. Keep it rolling. Gee. Yeah, keep it rolling, but keep it less. And we, you know, we've been stretching it over an hour every now and then. And I'd, I'd keep it. I'd prefer to keep it uh, a little uh, less Short than and that. Sweet. Less is more. Less is more. Plus, plus, Zabo's got to get out, out here um, a little sharpish this evening. So we're going to move on to talking about our golf games. <laughs> so let's do it. Hang tight. <laughs> now, before we crack on, we have a bone of contention. Uh, last episode. I nearly got killed by a golf ball. And I said I didn't hear a shout of four from Man Bun. You and did. He says, he, says he did. He I'm on my did. way back from Vegas listening to the podcast. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm in the middle of the, the desert. And I hear Gordon claim that I didn't yell four from a bladed shot on the eighth at Spy. I said, yeah. the week horse. And I said, that bastard. <laughs> okay. I you said, you specifically yell. remember yelling? I always yell for. So you okay. remember yelling at that shot. What about, yes. what, about, what, what about when the guy got hit in 13? I was shaking <laughs> one out in the bushes. 
<laughs> Dude, when when the when the guard when the guard's off taking his five second break from a, a round that's t- two handfuls, he's not. Responsible. And the guy, the maintenance guy, gets hit on the top of the head. No, Obviously, there's you can tell what's going on. Manja. Uh, okay so no one cares about your golf game apart from you right and for a long time for the most part we don't ever mention about our own golf games but i do receive a lot of questions about caddies and golf so this is kind of a mixture of content plus mailbag questions and these are mailbag questions i've put aside for the last uh, probably six to eight months we're gonna crack on lads right Caddying detrimental to a caddy's golf game, right? And that's from Patrick Solace, New Haven, Connecticut. So is being a caddy detrimental to your own golf game? It just depends. I in it in some ways, yes, in some ways no. I think it has been for me just because I play a lot less golf now. It just depends where you're caddying. Like when I caddied back in Florida, I play golf every single day without fail. I was fail. just telling somebody this yeah, story. Yeah, every single day. But out here, it's it's been a little more detrimental just because I don't get the opportunities to play quite as much. And then, you know, I, I, I'm not as mo- I work more out here than I did back east, so I'm not as motivated to play in my time off. Plus, I got a wife and a kid now, too, so that's kind of mm-hmm. tough to get out there a lot. But yeah, I think it has been somewhat detrimental in my game. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Yes. I'll say that from experience... For many years, it was detrimental because I really found it hard to draw the line between really bad golf and my own. Like So not being able to just say, okay, that's your job and you need to move on and just play golf, plus the amount of bench time that yeah. I used to have to do. So we, we, would, we would often do four, five, six hours bench time before we worked. So yeah. the last place I ever wanted to be was in the golf course. I hear and you. I, 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 you know, so... As a caddy, you come in and out of love with the game. There's people we work with who are maybe in their 50s and 60s and they're just starting to caddy and they seem to love it. But if you grew up at 13, 14 years old and you're caddying all your life, it's kind of one of the only things you've known. Uh, I think you come in, you go out yourself. Will you have the same experience? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I just told somebody the story today that uh, they asked me what I shoot out here or whatever, what's your handicap? And uh, I got to the point that we don't we don't have any golfing. We have no golfing privileges. And so, and then I referred to the past when I worked at a different golf course that had 10% of the caddies that we have now. And it was part of like the, it was part of the day. It was like, you know, you, you worked early in the morning because that's when everybody wanted to play. And then you got some lunch and you either went to the driving range or you went in the cart and, and played till uh, you felt like you were happy mm-hmm. and i don't do that anymore and honestly for the last couple of years i've literally played less than like 12 rounds of golf in a calendar year mm-hmm. and that's kind of crazy because i i value golf and i'm and i don't make it a priority because there's only so many hours in a day and you got to take a day off almost to play golf to fit it in and so i i try to visit the range every once in a while and i usually almost always play golf when i'm on vacation i was gonna say it must be a tough fitting in any golf when 
you know, with his around concert, your, your dancing schedule. Yeah, your, dancing right, and dancing concert schedule. And <laughs> I actually fit it in like a nice puzzle piece, like a, like a film editor would edit a film. I just chopped it right in, right in place. Slides right in place. Slides right in place. Uh, our next question. Uh, this is from a David Branch in Morristown, New Jersey. Jersey, uh, take it easy. Does or has caddying Mania. made you a better player? Right, so that's kind of the opposite almost. Is it detrimental? Yeah. Yes and no. Has it made you a better golfer? Absolutely, I think it has. Yeah. yeah, I think I think for me what it does is it helps me focus. I see how bad most people are. Like the average golfer is not very good. And I see where all the strokes are, are, are lost and where are all the strokes lost. It's on the green and around the green. I mean, mm-hmm. any most people can get it green side or near the green in a couple of shots, two, three shots. And it's what you do from there that matters. So I, I think, especially over the last five years, like I don't play a lot of golf, but I practice all the time. And I, I chip and putt. And I'm mm-hmm. a pretty good chip chipper and a great putter. How's the shanking? You can't shank a putt, can you? So exactly. I guess that's, that's why like, I practice the chipping and putting. Because, yeah, I limit the chipping because even then you can shank one. But, uh, yeah. Chipping a putt. Chipping a putt. Yeah, just chipping a putt. Chipping a putt. Chipping a putt. Chipping a putt. What do you think? Does it make you a better golfer by caddying? Uh, well, I look at that in two different ways. Now there's the ment- there's your sharpness as a golfer. Now, just because I, just because my ball striking from my three iron to my six iron sucks and, you know, I don't hit the fairway all the time. It means I continuously shoot 80, you know, I shoot 77 sometimes, sometimes I shoot 82, but I'm always right in that window, regardless of whether, you know, whatever day it is, it just, that's how it falls. and. If I feel like, you know, call me delirious, like if, if I practiced, you know, three or four days a week and I put time into it, like I think that I could be a, a one or two or three handicap, but I'm not. I'm like a 10 handicap that has a six handicap. And so like just like a, a super, super sharp caddy could caddy for any player, regardless of their skill level, whether they're, you know, Tiger Woods or, or you know, just some just some hack. Like (laughs) you could being a good golfer is not just about ball striking. It's about how you play the game and how you visualize. It's like seeing a plan and executing. And it's, it's more than just being a good ball striker. Cause I've seen a lot of good ball strikers who don't play the game very well Mm -hmm. because they're into how far they hit the ball and whatever. And then they complain about shit, toss their clubs, Mm -hmm. you know, I think certainly I've played less golf in the last 10 years than ever. But I don't know, just visualizing it because you're because every day, it's one what of them, we do, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, where should I land it? Well, how, how are you going to hit it? Yeah. How, what, what club are you hitting? So you're having to sort of premise how you know your golfer is going to hit the shot. So it makes me, whenever I'm, I know exactly where I'm going to land the ball and what it's going to do. So uh, I think apart from Wednesday uh, course management, actually, most yeah. of the time I do what I would actually yeah, you advise see what another works. golfer. You see what works and so it doesn't. I had uh, just the other day, I mean, I, I'm still learning things about how to play golf courses, even at, at and you got to be open to learning because I caddied for a plus two the other day and he was, he was doing things I would never even think to do. Like, like he was 60 yards away and he's got no real shot. He can get close if he goes right, but it's like, you know, he's a good player. So if you, if you hit the perfect shot, you can spin one and get it close. If you land it right of the flag, but he's like, why would I do that? I'll hit it eight feet left of the flag. It stays right there. And then I have an eight foot putt as opposed to maybe hitting that perfect shot or maybe 
leaving it where I'm off the green or 40 feet away from the pin. So it's just like you see, you learn how to hit different shots and you learn, you you gain a better golf IQ when you see better players make decisions that yeah. you wouldn't probably make for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question, lads. What type are you touching this one? What type <laughs> of playing privileges do caddies receive? That's from Mark De La Cruz in Ocala, Florida. Ocala, Ocala Florida. Yeah. Ocala, Florida. We were not too far from there when Brandon and I met, you know, but uh, back there, our playing privileges were, were unbelievable. We could play any time, any day, as long as there wasn't play out there and, and take a car and, and not even play 18. Like Brandon said, you played till you didn't want to play anymore. You could play yeah. as many holes as you want, but it's just, it, it's a different beast depending on where you are out here. Uh-huh. We don't get it's the playing regional. privileges we did we get zero there. Zero. We get, we get no playing privileges. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you guys get to play here on Monday? <laughs> uh, dude, we're exactly. at Pebble Beach. There's only one day it's closed. And it's not Monday. That's, it's not Monday. It's <laughs> the day of the concourse. Do you know, uh, I kind of get it both ways because there's been several courses locally where we used to get ah, that's some a funny privilege. Too. Right? Oh, man. I remember I was in the car you Saturday getting a lift from one of the managers, Ross, and he, he was telling me about a course he used to play at, work at, and he says, oh, yeah, you guys don't get any break over there. And I went, no. He goes, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was that, that messed that up for you. Who's that caddy? Yep. There's always and, a story at each course that we're not yeah. allowed to play anymore, and there's always a good story pertaining to a particular caddy, why we can't play it anymore. And it usually involves alcohol. And being either irate or flipping yeah. a golf cart or damaging a golf cart, and then yeah, this this particular caddy was playing music, and a member at the course asked him to turn it down, and he he, he told them the second one was off, so yeah. that, that that didn't go down too well, and that was that was the caddy's privileges. I heard of a, a punch up years ago in one of the car parks between two caddies. Yeah, yeah. they were rolling around in the flower beds. Things happen. Bets um, get settled one way or another. So yeah, you know that. <laughs> It annoys me because I don't think I'm the type of guy that would. I always th- I look at it and say, well, "Who would you rather have on your golf course? Caddies that are going to replace divots, repair yeah, pitch yeah. marks, respect it." But unfortunately, like every you know cross section of society, there's going to be good ones and, and bad eggs, and usually the the there very is. few bad yeah. ones really yeah. mess it up for us. Dude, if you're uh, a cat, if you're a if you're a, a full time working caddy. Like, dude, we live at the golf courses. Yeah. I mean, sure, we have a life outside of the golf course, and we cool. spend so much time there that it's kind of weird to not be able to, like, sit on your own couch, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and yeah, just, yeah. like, soak it up and play the shots yourself. A guy asked me today, how do you, how do you, know, how do you know exactly where the ball is going to break? You must play out here a lot. Yeah. So, well, so when you work as much as I do and you've been here for 13 and a half years, you just know. Yeah. That's, uh, that place secession in South Carolina, I love that. I love those members' courses where yeah. Mondays, employees, yeah, caddies, yeah. knock yourself out, boys. Mm-hmm. And then you um, get a lot of the members that take you to play. I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's benefits to all there's that. There's some good core. But again, it's, it's benefits of the different resort yeah. compared to club, uh, et cetera. So. Um, interesting stuff, but I, I, I would say this: there's nothing better than a caddy day. Of caddy golf. day, yeah. oh, phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it is. I would, I'd sub, Scotland over here had some of the best 
experiences yeah. oh of, yeah of, hot dogs hamburgers coca-colas and cookies baby yeah. get us all yeah. in one place <laughs> so next one comes from our randy blackburn and he's from a woodbridge in ontario it's not far from you is it man bun up there in michigan yeah. um, ontario well it depends on what part of ontario do you have any fun stories from playing tournaments or caddy matches Sure. Yeah. I'll, I, the first one that comes to mind for me was um, I caddied for another caddy who uh, was playing in a U.S. Open qualifier, and I believe this was in two thousand. Uh, was it two thousand ten? Was the one before last at Pebble? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was two thousand ten. Yeah. It was a while ago, and I was asked by the caddy to caddy for him, and I said, "Sure, sounds like a good idea. Let's do it." And long story short, he played pretty well. On the 17th hole, this was at Ruby Hills. Ruby Hills, up in like central, northern, central California, not quite East Bay, but somewhere in there. Gets gets aces the 17th hole, which is a par three. Your dude? Piers, Piers this shot. I actually. I made the club choice. Ooh. Ooh. He peers the club, does a club twirl, walks towards the front of the tee box. Wow. The ball goes in the hole. Dang. Never even turns around and looks at me and thanks <laughs> me. Here, clean okay? this club. Nothing. <laughs> Just kept walking forward. Woo! Well, that's 15, I think, or however many he's had. Anyways. Did he, uh, did he get then, through that qualifying? Then it took him almost a year to give me the $100 that he promised me to pay. <laughs> True caddy. There you uh, go. True caddy. Oh, use that one. Love him. But hey, that's the first story that came to mind. Actually, yeah, I got a good one. And actually, it's funny because we have Brandon here because I'm pretty sure Brandon was there to witness this. Brandon, I'm going to bring you back to like, this is probably 04, 05 in Sarasota, Florida. A guy by the name of Patrick Horseman came back from Germany, and he was he was actually playing on the EPT tour over there, and he was pretty successful. He won a, or the Challenge Tour, the Challenge yeah. Tour over there, and he won a, won yep. a few events. He was legitimately a plus four to plus six, like he was a good player. So he came back, and we got to playing, playing, and I was I was a pretty good golfer at that. I was like a point six index, so I had my index fairly low, and I, I could get it around. And uh, so I started playing with Patrick as as all the caddies would play together, and Patrick was like Zabo, he goes. I'll beat you straight up with my five iron. I'm like, how, well, how about we play? I like, I'll play the ladies tee. I'll play the ladies tee. You play all the way back. He goes, no, let's play all the way back. Any amount of money you want, five iron versus every club in your back. I said, deal, let's do it. Were you, did you go out for this match? I did not witness it with my own eyes, but I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely I there. I want to hear this story. You were story. there at the time. So. I was there. I was there. Oh, I, I was on the property. Like, there was like 30 or 40 cat- caddies out there so patrick and i rode together in a cart <laughs> me with my staff bag and 14 clubs in it and patrick rode with one golf ball and he was holding his five iron on your hands so the first the caddies are like oh patrick what are you gonna hit here and patrick's like oh i'm gonna knock down a little five iron and he put it out there like 260 like he would hood it and play it back in his stance yeah he, he knew what he was doing with that golf club and this is caddy confessional time again because yeah. He absolutely destroyed me with this five iron. I had every club in my bag. Oh my he beat God. me on like like the thirteenth hole. We walked in, the match was over. He he was like two under with his five iron through thirteen holes. He was Dormy. He, he hit it on like I was the first par five there. He hit it in the greenside bunker. The third hole. Yeah. He hit it in the greenside bunker in two, right? It's like five sixty all the way back. He's greenside bunker in two. 
and he gets up and down from the greenside bunker with a lip with his five iron. The, guy, the guy's unbelievable. Wow. And actually, funny enough, he just got married last year. He was out here. I had another group in town. It was actually when McCoppin and those boys were in town. McCoppin met this guy too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Big Tony caddied for him. He was like, dude, that guy can still he's play. Legit. I mean, yeah, he's, he, he caddied for... Uh, he caddied for Steve Wheatcroft for a number of years and tore Jason Gore for a number of years. And Jason Gore? Yeah, yeah. I played in a tournament about 25 years ago. I'd maybe be about 12, 13 years old. And it was one of those events. I was the first to tee off in the, of the whole day. Now, I, may have, I don't know if I've mentioned this story before, but you get all, it was summer holidays, so all the working parents would drop their kids off and people were coming for Glasgow, you know, 40 <laughs> minutes away. Yeah. So there's 150, you know, lads waiting by the first tee because they got nothing else to do. So we'll just watch, you know, the first group going yeah, out. Absolutely. So I'm the, I'm the very first person to tee off. Uh oh. And pretty nervous. And it was a par four, a short par four, but it was up high, plateau tee, really high plateau tee. And there was a, a little burn, we call it a wee river, a creek. Mm-hmm. Wee burn. A uh, wee burn. It's about 50 yards off the tee. And of course, <laughs> you couldn't carry it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was seven o'clock in the morning, ten to seven in the morning, and I can you know you could just see all these people standing watching, and I I thought I'll swing as hard as I can, yeah. that'll work. Bound to make contact, and I sky it. I hit it. I sky the ball with a driver, and it just <laughs> it, that was the longest minute of my life <laughs> because this thing went up and it went up and it went up and it went up and it went up, and it landed. Just over the burn, eventually. It oh, you carried it. Yeah, I carried it. I carried it fifty-one yards, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." Geez. So the other two guys tee off. I'm playing with, and then I have to walk the the walk of shame. Yeah, absolutely. By all of these these guys. As I say, I was probably twelve, thirteen, and you know, this is people up to sixteen, seventeen. All you know, Glasgow, Ayrshire folk. You know, what I mean, so uh, not the most compassionate of people, let's say, and. There was a bunch of sniggering and laughing, and then one guy just says, "He goes, at least you got it over the burn, mate." <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Bogeyed that hole, but went on to finish. I think I think I either finished first or second in that tournament. Oh, there you go. Really so got you it together. But, in your group. Uh, but yeah, that was classic. It's just so embarrassing. Um, but carried the burn. Um, yeah. Next question, boys. How has technology changed your own game? That's from Lisa Blaze. B L A E S E Blaze. Uh, she's from Fornine, Texas. Never heard of that, but yeah. How, how's technology changed your own game? I mean, technology's come a long way, certainly in the woods, for sure, more than uh-huh. anything. I mean, I think if you're, if you're, I mean, irons, yes, but if you're a good iron player, I mean, I played with the same set of irons for 15 years. I just got a new set of irons, like, six you months get? ago. I got, well, actually, it wasn't even a new set. It was, uh, it's like, they're the generation ones of the PXGs. Okay. Which I was I've floored with. They're they're amazing clubs. Uh-huh. I mean PXG they cost a fortune, but they uh, I got them on eBay for a good discount. They're they're great well, clubs. They've changed their they've changed their business model now in that they realized they could only reach about five percent, four percent of the golf population. Exactly. Um, yeah, they got the O two elevens now, which are like the more you can get a set for like six hundred bucks or seven hundred bucks. Yeah, which is way cheaper that's half yeah. of what I mean the ones the ones I got, they're the generation ones, but at the time, like the set that I got would have been four hundred five oh no, four five thousand. I was yeah, gonna yeah. say four or five hundred a club. Yeah, yeah. yeah, at least. Yeah, uh-huh. and I got it for like seven fifty for the whole set and they're they're amazing. you said you're a good putter. Is it have you ever changed putter? 
Or is it let you? Oh, I, ha- I have quite a bit. I've had the same Scotty camera. I, I putted with a mallet for years. I, I Yeah, mallet. I mean, putting putting's a different beast. But when I got my Scotty camera and I really started practicing putting. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think technology changes putting whatsoever. No, it really doesn't. It, yeah. But putting's it in your head. It would be nice. It's nice to get fitted. I mean, I don't know by personal experience. And I also know that if you get fitted for a putter for your own personal profile... I think that you got an edge up. Okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. Somewhat. I mean, yeah. I mean, you if could... you got a, I mean, shit, I'm still playing with a putter that I got at Golf Mart eight years ago that says <laughs> Hall of Fame 2002, <laughs> and it's got a freaking hitch in it, you know, and it's like, I still putt okay with it, yeah, and it I'm waiting for the day that I gift myself, you know, a custom-made putter. You know, because I am a great putter, and I feel like, <laughs> dude, ask the ask anybody who plays with me. I make putts. I mean, some days I have off days, but when I'm on, if you check out his Tinder profile, it says loves concerts. Yeah, greatest dancer job, in the world. Best dancer in the world. Just, yeah. You want to see my putting? I'm the best putter that I ever lived in my dancing. Yeah, I might not get it in your hole, but I'll get it in the hole. <laughs> oh God! I, and just to, to to you know to go further on that. Personally, I've been playing the same set of golf clubs that I got fitted for in 2012. I got AP2s, three through uh, gap wedge. Um, I'm playing with the same two rack tailor-made wedges that I've had for over 15 years, probably 17 years. And then uh, I actually purchased a 983K Titleist driver. Old school. Yep, I love that with the 8.5 head and a um, a little bit of a flexible shaft because I would hit the ball way too high. I mean, I'd, even when I would hit it good, it wouldn't go any further. It would just go higher and it would stop and the spin it would it would always it would stop like a wedge. And then I bought this other club off eBay for like 130 bucks, and it was like a brand new club that I had played in high school and back in 2002, 2004, or five, whatever. And I love it, and I hit it further than the club that I. Mm-hmm. have from 2012 what's the lowest degree of driver you've ever seen in a guy's bag seven and a half is the lowest i've seen uh-huh. they yeah. made title when Titleist started making drivers back in the early 2000s they had 7.5 degree uh, 983 i think i once D's. Seve ballesteros family came to turnbury when i was younger and mm-hmm. we carried for them i'm pretty sure it was his son and i think he had a six and a half that's crazy. Must have been custom for him. Well, that, you know, and, and that's funny because uh, you say that technology's come a long way because that used to be the thing back then. Yeah. It was like you hit a seven five because the lower loft's going to cause it to go further. And then with yeah. the with the invention of the launch monitor, yes. and you're, you're talking, they have spin rates and everything. Most a lot of these tour pros now are hitting you know ten and a half, some of them eleven, twelve degrees drivers. It's just yeah. it's all depending on launch angle and all that. So they're real. People have realized in the last fifteen twenty years that you know lower loft doesn't always mean further distance. It's all about launch angle and mm-hmm. spin rates and all that good stuff. Well, a couple of years ago, I went from having a tailor made two thousand seven driver and moved to a Callaway Rogue. Oh and yeah. I had to learn how to actually swing it differently. Yeah. I had to, my mate said, no, you have to hit it on the up as opposed to where I could come through flat or even hit down the ball and the, it just went a mile. Yeah, but you you, hit you up change, on, yeah. you're hitting up the way now and like you said, launch is just mm-hmm. the stuff today. If, if anyone's got the money, if you can afford it, I would say 
irons every 10 years driver probably would every three every, yeah. every three to five yeah, years if you can sure. if you can afford but they, they, they like the the cost of them is horrendous um uh, what's your chosen brand of golf club and that's from ray in des moines iowa I'm a tailor-made guy other than the fact that I have PXGs now, but uh, I have been. Actually, it's funny. I don't think I have any tailor-made clubs in my bag now, but uh, yeah, I, I'll play whatever's uh, whatever's available. I mean, I I played tailor-made for 15 years straight. Yeah. So. Mind blowing. I, um, I've always been, uh, gra- I've always gravitated towards the shape of Titleist clubs. I mean, if I don't like the way it looks, forget about it. Um, and so I've always gone to, to Titleist drivers too because I, I like the shape. Um, like I said, I've played those same tailor-made wedges, which I really like. I think they're great wedges. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty much a Titleist guy. Um, and as time goes by, and you know, I appreciate the shape of t- tailor-made clubs. Um, I think there's, there's more clubs out there that are more appealing now than there ever have been. Mm-hmm. I for irons I was always Mizuno. Yeah, that's right. For I've, over the years I used to buy and sell a lot of clubs, so I probably had thirty sets of Mizunos. Wow, everything MP everything. Yeah, yeah, and loved them. Japanese made samurai sword, but now I've changed. I yeah, moved, recently I, I moved but... to Strixon. Yeah, and let's be honest, anything that's good enough for Shane Lowry eh. is good enough for me. <laughs> But we'll 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 talk more about that in a, a future episode about the irons. But uh, I don't I can't get past Callaway for for woods. I think they're the really way, oh I think they're the best. The really? quality. So how about that this? hasn't always been that way. Though. Oh, no, God, so, those FTs were awful. Ma- ma- well, well, they well, crack every third swing. Hear, hear me out, Mister Callaway, who started the company in the nineties, maybe late eighties or nineties. They completely transformed with the Warbird and all that. They transformed the modern day drivers. Yeah, when sure. he when he died. There was no contingency plan. So my understanding is they got the CEO um, of himself. Uh, They got got the CEO from Revlon who sold lipstick, but he knew nothing about golf, didn't play golf, didn't do any money in research development, nothing. So for 10 years, and that's when you're talking about some of these horrible models that were even worse than Nike clubs. That's when they come Tough in. To but do too. They have a guy now who's a big golfer who's big into it, and you'll notice in the last four to five years his sort of influence on the company. And I think they're now with uh, some of the bits and pieces they're making is, is fantastic. Um, but uh, there we go. Uh, last question, boys, before we uh, wrap things up. This is from Drew Anderson in Newcastle in England. Have you ever lied to your players about your handicap? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious because there's so many guys who do we have a oh. lot of awful golfers that you, you hear them, you got you play uh yeah i'm a i'm a three index and then you look at the guy like dude you can't break 120 yeah. get out of here you don't even index. play you don't yeah, even yeah play. exactly i've never seen you with a golf club you're a three index get out of here I, I know one caddy and he gives lessons in the courses if he knows what he's talking about you know oh. exactly what i'm talking yeah, about yeah i do and he doesn't even play golf yeah it's it's, it's, it's yeah it's funny to watch i know too. i know a caddy that charges three hundred dollars for lessons, he's not. He, you know, he's never done a crash course or anything. He's not. He's not an instructor. He's, he's not. He's been certified with anything, yeah. and he doesn't play. He doesn't play at all. Doesn't Where play. does he instruct at? I think he takes them to any range or field that you know the person's well, I know, comfortable but I've going to. I thought about doing that, and it's you can't just go anywhere and just. I mean, you can, I guess, but they're eventually they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> kick you off their range like beat it, coop. You should take them to a fish concert or do some. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. it's all in the hips, man. <laughs> yeah. 
You need to tell, teach him your dance moves. Forget about golf. Just become a dance instructor. Um, I always tell people the same thing. I'm on. I it, like I said earlier. I'm super honest with my players. I said I'm a I'm a six handicap because I was playing real good five six years ago when I first started my handicap, um, and I was shooting in the low seventies. And it doesn't matter how many eighty twos, eighty threes, eighty fours I post. The, the thing stays the same. And I tell them I pretty much shoot. If I'm playing really well, I shoot 77. If I'm playing like shit, I might shoot as much as 84. But yeah. that's pretty much my range. Okay. I used to lie all the time when yeah. I first started carrying when I was younger. <laughs> because they say, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13 years old, 14 years old. Yeah. And it was a way of maybe trying to gain some respect. Like, because they, you know, flown three to 6,000 miles to play, Yeah, you know, bucket list golf in Scotland. And then they get a kid in the bag. So... Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm a scratch, really, because last time I checked, I was thirteen. Yeah, but you know, they, you know, whatever, they weren't going to check the handicap. Yeah, but exactly. it was, it was more when I was younger to try and try and gain a little respect. Yeah, uh, I asked the guy what his handicap was one time, and he says, "Well, he says I'm ugly and I got a small dick." <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you though, uh, most people we carry for they lie about their handicaps to us. Oh God, yeah, vanity <laughs> handicap, dude. Don't be coming to the AT and T anymore with your five handicap, dude. You suck. Post some scores, win the tournament. Exactly. You're a twelve handicap, not a six. Give yourself a chance. Uh, take a leaf out of Zavo's boys' book. Um, ah, here we go. So, thank you for your questions, folks. As always, you can send them in on social media. Just like look for Glorified Donkey on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then email podcast at glorifiedonkey.com. So, boys, we're going to wrap things up. Notable mentions. Anyone you want to say hello to? I got a shout out. A guy just texted me that I, I caddied for in years past uh, who, who caught, caught wind of the podcast. You know, I didn't tell him about it, but he caught wind of it. Bill Bronstein. So, thanks for listening, Bill. Hope oh. you're still listening. And- Oh, BB. Say Anita, I said hi. Anita, your uh, wife, I said hi. I want to say hi Billy. to uh, Bobby Manley. I want to say hi to my brother-in-law, Logan. Mm-hmm. And Logan uh, gets a hello every time. He does. This What's yeah. up, Logan? <laughs> <laughs> what else? I just want to thank all the listeners because we really appreciate your support and your feedback and your questions. Um, so I'm spreading my honorable mention to everybody. Have you, have you received emails from people? That, I have not. No. So those who have wanted to reach out... <laughs> I uh, sent I sent the, I sent your email address to a couple of people. Yeah, sorry I don't participate in social media. I just I'm not uh, not smart, into it. Smart guy. Uh, I'd like to say hi to Brian Bober. He is a podcast listener I carried for Brian Bober. Thanks That's for a good name. That's interesting Bober? name. Uh, Jack Quilligan. Oh, okay. Irish Jack. I played uh-huh. golf with Jack. I also worked with him on Tuesday. Do you know that he carried for a woman that looked like a man? Uh, quite funny he was told that he was going to be carrying for a woman so he starts walking around the, the first tee at, to every woman going am I working for you you at 10 just, o'clock you at 10 o'clock just asking every woman that's uh, profiling and then I had to I had to uh, double take when I saw the uh, lady that was actually he was he was carrying for um, tipped him what I think is quite pu- poorly on Tuesday and he or Monday this was Monday and he went with them on Tuesday bailed yeah. out and playing golf with us on Tuesday and get stiffed. Ooh, never get tipped a thing. Yeah. Oh, I Shocking. didn't tell you that was for both days. That was for yesterday <laughs> and today. You didn't know that. Oh, that's like that boy. The scum. What was it called? The scumbags. Deadbeats. Deadbeats. I'll pee you tomorrow. Yeah. Brilliant. I do uh, have okay. one more. I do have one more notable mention. Okay. I want to say hi to. Uh, to, I th- I think his name is Tom and and Heather Breen uh, from the Country Club of North Carolina. I met them. 
in Las Vegas. Oh, nice. And I just so happened to buy a ticket right in front of her, and we held it down, and we we threw it down in there. Oh yeah, like you like did. nobody's business. Oh, Two thousand one into nineteen ninety nine into five fifty five. You know the rest of the story, folks. It was it no, was it was awesome. No idea. We don't, uh, we don't want to know. Uh, okay. Well, I'm actually I got a trip planned up to Half Moon Bay. I bought a ten by ten foot glorified donkey tent, and I'm going to be going up to there. Um, the pro Anthony is uh, is going to host. We're going to do a par three challenge. Nice. And that's going to be sometime in December. So if you live in that area, definitely get in contact with us, and I'll give you firmer dates when when it comes to it. Uh, come and come along and meet us. I'm actually also looking at going to Vegas and Scottsdale. New episodes are coming up. We're going to have John Mallinger in town this week. Uh, he's up here for a tournament. So oh, John yeah, played tourney this week. Yeah, he played in the PGA Tour. No longer does, and he's retired. But, yeah, uh, rumor is he got in big with uh, financially with Travis. Matthews, Travis Matthews. And he, he has retired an, on that when yeah, they sold the company. He has an affiliation, so he will be yeah, telling us all about that. Might do a two-parter with that. And otherwise, I'm actually going to head up uh, for a little golfing trip. I'm going to actually play golf with two or three uh, podcast listeners. Nice. Um, Goldie, Justin Wallace, and Daniel Cho, and uh, the Korean Mafia. So we'll be playing some Korean Wolf. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, You're going to lose in that. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'm definitely going to lose in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, listen, uh, got the embroidery machine back as well. So check out glorifieddonkey.com for the online store. Got a bunch of new hats and t-shirts, and I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, Zabo, many thanks. Thank have a, you. Have a good evening. You too. Uh, little Brandon, you want to dance for us? Dude, I want to say one thing. Okay, here we <laughs> the go. The person I caddied for today couldn't have more good things to say about the hat that I've been wearing. Oh. Which she goes, that? She goes, where did you get that hat? Where this do I where do I buy one of those? Like I guess say, guess what? They don't sell them. They don't sell them. I said, I wait, made a, it. Uh, wait a sec. You're talking that your man, man bun hat. Oh man god! Hat, and the dude. guy, the the guy in the couple that I carry for, he's like, I just we're on seventeen. He goes, I just noticed your hat. <laughs> how could that? I said, Was how, he blind? how could you? I mean, how do you just notice a man bun sticking yeah. out of a, of a hat the most after four hours? Hat in the world. How do you just Jeez. notice that? Oh, it's nightmare. Anyways, that's a wrap. Anyway, boys, thanks for your time. Uh, We're off for a little bit of lasagna and a bit of a dance. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Until the next time, uh, thank you for your support. Enjoy your golf. But more importantly, do keep it humble.